This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain spoilers, but does mention Akatar, the Folk of the Air, Red Queen, and the Oleander Sword. For full list, please see show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing and continuing the Shatter Me series. And today we are talking about books two, three, and four. That is Unravel Me, Ignite Me, and Restore Me. And Jess, okay, you have read this series. This is a reread for you. Out of books two, three, and four, which one do you like the most? I was, uh, this is one of the questions that I was going to ask you too, um, but I was going to actually ask at the end of the, uh, I think I know which one of yours is, but I would say the Ignite Me. So the third book um, of the three that we're reading um, is definitely my favorite. Um, I feel like it's pretty obvious. Sometimes if you like, if you've read it or if you've been listening to the podcast, are you, see, I want to guess, you tell me yours or should I guess yours? No, I will tell you mine at the end because that's perfect bookend. That's a perfect bookend situation. Uh, I, okay. We talked about book one, obviously, in our previous Shatter Me episode. I had problems Oh boy, did I have problems. But you had a lot of guesses also that I feel like I had an attempt a poker face. And I'm like, uh-huh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you were so astute into like, you you just have a bigger picture always in mind. So it's like, uh-huh, oh, and why do you think that? <laughs> because you were on track in the first book the whole time. The whole time, which is validating, but also like... Kind of weird, I guess. I don't know, because I um I did not see these other twists coming later on. Uh I knew there was gonna be something, obviously. This is a long series with lots of novellas, lots of things. Um, but I, I didn't see some of that stuff coming. And I have the hottest of hot takes um that I will also save for the end. But Jess, who are the characters in these books? All right. So we have we have some returning characters. I mean, I'll I'll list them out um some are more prevalent in the whole in the three that we read as opposed to the end but um juliet is back you have castle who kind of oversees this thing called a mega point which we hear about more at the end of the first book shatter me you have aaron warner adam kent james warner uh or i'm sorry james kent kenji kishimoto emmeline who you later find out in all the way and the uh and restore me is Juliet's biological sister and then we also meet some of the other children of the other supreme sector leaders but they play more of a role later on in the series um except for Nazira who and um 
Nazira in the in book four, and uh, Lena, who is the ex fiance of Aaron. Oh, that girl! Uh, I know. So if we go in order, then we start very quickly with Unravel Me. Julia is depressed in Omega Point. Uh, my note for this entire book, okay, the entire book is Kenji is finally yelling at Juliet for being a depressed and moping piece of shit. And I am <laughs> here for it. Thank God this book is over. Uh, that That is my note for this whole book. Uh, and... You know, she is a depressed, like wet rag this whole time, more or less, and and she just she just she just fights she fights a lot she fights a lot with 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 Adam she just is like miserable. Um, one of my other favorite things here is that Adam runs hot whenever they're like making out or whatever, and I was just <laughs> like, good die, like I hope you're getting sick, like I hope this is terrible for you. You're just the worst like person. Gosh, see, I remember reading it. Well, I can't. Re- I'm trying to think. The first time that I read this, I was going back and forth because they were just whatever was available at the library. Um, and I can't remember if we mentioned it in the first episode, but I was coming off the Akatar High. I needed something. Um, I had just finished the cruel, the folk of the air series. I still need, you know, this is like you exposed me to fantasy and I took off running. <laughs> like I didn't want nothing else is going to work for me. So then I was between this and the red queen. Full disclosure. I completely DNF'd that series after two books. Not my cup of tea. It's, you know, everybody has their own thing, but I got sucked into shatter me the series by book two, book three. I remember this is like, I read it in 2020. So we were still like super, you know, locked down. Um, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I am reading an Akatar fanfic, like high school AU. I was like, Adam is totally giving me Reese vibes. Uh, not Adam. Aaron is giving me Reese vibes. Adam Kent is totally Tamlin. And I pulled some quotes for examples for this episode. I go, Juliet is like high school Feyre. Kenji is the Cassian who's like just everybody's like favorite, like the Cassian that we have known and created in the book talk community and book, you know, book community. So I was like, I was in. They were like best friends. I was just like, this is, this is giving me all my fanfic feels. I was, that's, it made me so excited. Um, However, rereading this, I had some questionable things. Uh, Kenji, you're all about like, oh, she's my best friend, but let me sexualize her every chance I get. Or when she was using her powers and exerting, she's like, oh my God, Kenji's like having a mental breakdown, which is fine. Like everybody's going through it right now. She picks him up and he's like, yeah, I have a great view of, view your, of your ass, ass. from that. I was like, I have guy friends. If any of my guy friends just said that to me. I'm, you, there is no way you're my best friend because you shouldn't even be looking at me like that. A thousand and then he, percent then, agree. And then he's like, oh, she's like a sister. I'm pretty sure. You, you don't look at your sister like that unless this is a Game of Thrones situation. <laughs> so, so, no. When I was doing my reread, I was like, let me try to like look at this a little bit more um, critically the way Laura would. And boy, was it different. <laughs> But not in a bad way. I still was like this heavy on the Akatar fanfic AU. I could absolutely see that now that you're saying that out loud. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's like Akatar with like parents, right? Because you got Castle in there. 
Yes, yes. And I say it only because I remember one time I read an Felicity fanfic many moons ago, 2014, and it was like a high school AU and Felicity and Oliver and Tommy and Laurel, they were all in high school. And it was still to this day, one of my favorite Felicity fanfics. Oh, love. I love that. I bet it's really good, too, if you remember it to this day. I yeah, bet it like, is really good. <laughs> if I knew the name, I'd put it out there. Uh, tell me about the plot in Unravel Me. As far as I can tell, it is just Juliet getting captured a couple times, at least once, uh, and and being shot in the chest and crippling uh, Warner's dad. And then in between those plot points are, like, very deep feelings. Lots of deep feelings. I feel like <sighs> this sounds so stupid. Book one was felt like in hindsight book one feels very much like a prologue um where book two feels like this is what sets up the whole series because you know um juliet has re-escaped her or has escaped her imprisonment from the re-establishment which was discussed in book one and then this one is about you know she leaves she runs away she finds shelter they find omega point and it's realizing that there are other people with quote unquote like magical not magical beings but that have powers like her and trying to kind of understand her powers a little bit more and that's where you find omega point where you're finding there's this whole resistance that wants to you know like in most dystopian novels like take down this government that's shitty you know so it's 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 laying that foundation for the bigger politics of the story like how how everybody works together and everybody's forte and how that's going to help them progress and what happens but then at the end of book two that you know that infrastructure is completely destroyed where there's only like nine people left I can't, my brain is sticking on Shatter Me should be a prequel because you're absolutely right. Now that you have like shifted that in my head, it makes complete sense because like Unravel Me is not like a, like a book two situation to me. It's like a book one situation because afterwards you're like, okay, 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 let's go. And then, wow. Yes. <laughs> Excellent observation. Because remember, like, even in our first, like, when we discussed about it in our first episode, you even said, you're like, I'm just getting a lot of internal thoughts, which is what it was. I mean, we, we both read this through the audio version. Um, this series, we've read both, yeah, you know, we've both reread it at this time and both times we read it, um, through audio. So you hear the scratching and the diary and the, the internal thoughts and you go back and forth. That was all book one. You still get that later in the series and continues, but all of book one was she was isolated. She was young. She was, I mean, that was a comment you said. You're like, she, even though she was X, you know, age, mentally, she's stuck and isolated in this other age because she's had no interactions or no growth with anybody for all this time. You bring up a fantastic, fantastic point when you say that. So she does feel very young. This series to me feels very old. Does that make sense? This feels like a series that was written to me, this is my opinion, in the like 2000s. This feels like it was written in the height of 
all of that, and it was written in the 2000s. So um, I asked our very own Jessica Marie the dates on some of these. Um, and just to confirm some of the dates, Unravel Me is 2013, so this is not where I expected it to be. It is a decade um, younger than I expected it to be, which I'm only bringing up because uh, we have just gone through four books now of Daughters of the Moon, and that series still feels a thousand percent like relevant and and in modern in in a strange way. And I understand that this is a dystopian, but it just it it, it just feels like it it was written way 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 later like you're ima- are you imagining it with the releases of the hunger games and divergent, divergent. all that all of yeah. that because th- it fits like so nicely into that slot right and and likely i don't know anything personally about the author um it could have been written there but you know like with all things and projects and trajectories and publishing in general it could have been like let's Let's move it. Let's extend it. Or things with publishing, like editing takes time. Not everybody, you know, not everything is as rapid as, you know, you, you, people can pump out books yearly. That's not always the case. I mean, and we know that because the publishing dates that Laura was referring to, there's a gap between Ignite Me and that was released in 2014 and then Restore Me in 2018. And the final novella was only released in 2021. I think I think I'm making this connection just that it feels like so so much older to me because I feel like if I had read this during that boom I would have been younger obviously I but I do feel like I would have appreciated it a little more like I would have been a little bit more like okay okay uh but as it is I cannot st- Stand Juliet. <laughs> I cannot stand her. Do you think you could have stand, stood her if you read it when you were younger, though? Yeah, think- sure. Because I was stupider. Like I was dumb. <laughs> like so, some of the shit would like I would have been more wrapped up in her feelings the way that she is wrapped up in her feelings. Meanwhile, I am just on Warner's side with like running the fucking country. Uh, so that's where I'm at. And so um, specifically in Restore Me, when Juliet's like, what do you mean? What do you mean someone reads my mail? Just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't we talk about this in the Oleander Sword too? <laughs> Where we were like, you're reading my mail? She's like, no, no. no I am reading the priestess. The yeah. <laughs> She's like, how do you know that? And Castle's like, you dumb fucking little girl. Because he's like frustrated with her that whole book. He's just like, uh, everyone reads your mail. You run a, a continent. Like, what is wrong with you? I, I just, I just, oh my God. That, okay, all, all of Restore Me is just like, I just want to <laughs> like, like pop, 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 pop. I just, I just can't. Uh, so, okay, okay. Something that I do want to point out here, though, is in this series, I have been continuously and constantly surprised by the extreme violence that happens uh, and happens kind of out of nowhere. And I know that that's like to show us that Juliet is kind of like I like I understand that. But like, I, I don't I, you know, 
when when she just like goes up to to Paris uh, Warner's dad and just like starts shooting him right like bam <laughs> bam just start and then later she's like I was torturing him damn I was I was enjoying that for a hot second like <laughs> it's just the the extreme waves of violence like later she crushes his ankles and like rips his feet out you know like. I don't I don't know. It was very surprising to me to have that kind of graphic violence. I say graphic, I guess maybe surprising violence in um books that are skewed so goddamn young because she's so young. Do you think those that was supposed to reflect kind of how she was in her like I don't want to say journey with rage, but she her emotions were very much like a pendulum where she was young and naive and I don't understand why it doesn't work. Like, and that was a frustrating thing that I had with Juliet where she played dumb and she's like, but I just don't, I'm going to say this even though my feelings, I know what my feelings are. And she's, she, and Aaron and Kenji are like, stop, stop playing stupid. You know why? And I know one of the frustrations that you had in, um, in Restore Me, you said, you know, it was one of the miscommunication tropes. Um, but at least in Ignite Me and even in Unravel Me, how many times was Aaron like, stop? You know how I feel about you. I've told you how many times. Like, don't be playing stupid. I don't, this isn't, this has never been a friend situation. I have been in love with you my entire life, basically. And, don't try to be like, oh, but I'm just trying to be nice. Or when she, it just felt very pick me energy. Like, oh, what? We're just friends. I'm just trying. No, you mean, you mean when they almost fuck twice after they take, after, after, uh, Juliet shoots, uh, Warner's dad, Paris, in the legs, uh, and they take Warner hostage, uh, and Juliet has to go interrogate him and she almost fucks him twice, twice twice she gets him down to his undies right and she she sees uh both of his tattoos and like god damn god damn <laughs> i honestly honestly warner is a saint and 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 that's not to say that we can't choose like can't change our minds that's not what this is that's about. not what this is but to but do like, that fuck. and then to say Oh, I don't, I, I don't like you. Um, or what? You really like me like that? Like, really? Really? Yeah. I know you were isolated, but you weren't that isolated because you were, you know, cuddling with spoiler, his, his half brother when you were confined in book one. Yeah. So like, and like in a relationship, uh, not just cuddling, but whatever. yeah. And I, I asked Jess before we started recording if Adam and, um, Juliet were fucking and you said no. Uh, and that, you know, that At makes total sense. At least that's how I sense. read it. Yeah. yeah and that, that makes sense. They were just like hot and heavy, hot and petting, but like, damn, damn. I just, I just, I was just like, uh, so like my things here are like Warner, Warner has like these things. He, he reveals that he can sense other people's like feelings and stuff. Like a true so, empath. Yeah. Is, yeah. And like, that is really nice. I like that trope. Um, in a couple, I like that. Um, and then he learns that he can touch Juliet for real and like all this like stuff. Uh, it, but uh, even before all of that, he has constantly been, and this is why I like compared him to Reese after like my avatar, like immediately after is like one of his lines is like, you are confident, you are stubborn, you are resilient, you are brave, you are so strong, you could conquer the world. And it frustrates me that you don't want to. I don't understand. I don't see it. I don't get it. Like, yes, bestie, same. Yes. Come say that to me. I'll be totally fine. (laughs) 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And and Warner says that. Uh, and actually, Juliet also says that about Warner. And uh, we'll get to that. Uh, I are we are we done? Are we done with unravel me? Like Juliet gets shot in the chest and left for dead. That's the big thing there. Yeah. And then he's a conduit because he yeah. not only is he an empath, he can also take other people. Like learning to take other people's powers. The twins who are also um, the nurses. He is a kind of the conduit to help heal her. And now nobody knows that. Everybody just thinks she was shot for dead. She's dead. So nobody knows that she's still alive. So he takes her back to his place and to his private quarters and like nurses her back to health. And basically like even when she's healthy, like they're learning to have a plan and to train um, her capabilities and his own too. So that's kind of where we end at Unravel Me. Juliet says she will fight and the gloves are coming off. Bam, bam. <laughs> It's really just a lot. And actually, my second favorite part, I said my first was Kenji yelling at her about being like a sad, wet blanket. Uh, My second is Warner being like, well, you didn't want to fucking be there. You were there for how long? And you couldn't like figure out where your room was. You didn't know the doors were. You didn't want to try. Like, And he's like, I I get it. You were in a depressive state. But if you really, truly wanted wanted to get out of there, you were there twice as long as I was, three times as long as I was. You could have found a way. Yeah. But she just wasn't there yet and i do like that to some extent people are calling her out on her bullshit and she doesn't get to like lean into the but you don't understand i'll say it once i'll say it again every single one of these characters in the books we need needed like somebody write in a therapist for every single one (laughs) yeah Every every single one. Every, 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 every single one. Okay. I guess we can also point out that when Warner esta- escapes from M- Omega Point, his dad uh, comes in and fucking bombs the place and wipes it from the ground. So when Juliet wakes up in Ignite Me, uh, written in 2014, uh, she's told that Omega Point is destroyed and that everyone is dead. Um, what a fucking rude way to wake up, honestly. But I get it. Uh, Juliet is always waking up from being knocked out. And and I know that that is like a trope and, and I know, but it doesn't stop. Uh, I have read up to book six. This continues. This is a trend with her. Uh, it is what it is. I, I just, I don't know. What do we get in Ignite Me? In Ignite Me, we get... We get Warner's background stuff. We get De La Lu. We get his mom's stuff. We get his dad's stuff. We get all that. We get all the mommy and daddy issues from Warner. Um, poor, poor kid. Poor kid. He's got, he's a man. Like he is, and he, and he, is actively recognizing it too, though. He's, you know, he's like, I get it. I know I should hate these people, but I can't help but, you know, that that's its own conversation with the issues that he has. But I I appreciate the communication that he has here. No, this is what we talked about. This is what we said. Why are you doing this? Okay, I can't stop you, but here are the tools and the necessary things if you need to get a hold of me. And that happens. I mean, he's confused too, but he's like, I don't fucking understand why you keep picking Adam over me. And this is just like the big feels part of the, you know, part of everything. He goes, there's this line that I wrote, like, 
Warner's trying to understand why Juliet keeps picking Adam. He goes, because he's kind to you, because he's yeah. offered you basic charity. Yeah. And it reminded me of our one of our many favorite Akamaf quotes, where Feyre saying, I'm thinking that I was a lonely, hopeless person, and I might have fallen in love with the first thing that showed me a hint of kindness and safety. And I'm thinking maybe he knew that too. Maybe not actively, but maybe he just wanted somebody or he wanted to be that person for someone. And maybe that worked out for who I was before, but maybe it doesn't work for who I am now. And that is exactly like, I mean, on top of like what I had said earlier about like how I connected the characters. Um, that's exactly the situation. And we spoke earlier this week in a voice memo about talking about how toxic Adam is in this book. How many times did Juliet have to say no? How many times did she have to say break up with we've broke up a million times we broke up a million times in front of other people what aren't you getting through your head you know it's 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 rough out there and so embarrassing because everything that they do happens in public right they can't ever have a private goddamn conversation it is always in the hallways it's always in like cafeterias it's always in rooms with other people it is just so freaking embarrassing um if we pivot back to warner I, I have some like notes about Warner. We learn that um, the thing that Juliet was really holding over Warner was the uh, simulation chamber that she like finds out that it wasn't real. And even Adam is like, you, you're so dumb. Like, <laughs> of, of course, of course it's not it real. Of course it wasn't fucking real. And I did appreciate that when even Adam is just like, how fucking stupid are you? Like, <laughs> No one. She was like, but you told me that it was okay and it wasn't my fault. And he was like, because it wasn't real. <laughs> Everyone thought that. No one knew why you were freaking out. Yeah, we know everybody was wondering, like, are, are you okay? It's, but you know, and, and also to follow up with that, it's where she has to wrap her head around that situation, the thing that she was holding over Warner's head. Warner, she's like, look, I just have to like really process this new you. He goes, Aaron says, that's a you thing. Yes. That's, I have never been. You're thinking that I'm this different person. I am the same person who you concocted all up in your head. That's a you thing you have to process because not what he's like, I have been truthful. I have been honest, blah, 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 up until this point, like, which he had. Except for yeah. the parent thing, but yeah, like, but I totally, like, that's, I like, understand the fuck out of that. Me too. Me too. I'm like, I'm more upset. You know that TikTok audio that's going around? It's like, he's a good man. That's how I felt with Warner this whole time. He's a good man, Savannah. I was Warner since it's day like, one. Yeah, and it's just, it's so hard, especially like, you know, I, I do really love when, uh, Warner calls Adam just like a boring automaton. It's just like so good. It's so good. But or, we learn when he's it's oh, I I hear that they share some of the same qualities as dogs. Yes, as dogs. You should get one of those. Uh, you should get just, one of those instead. This is so good. It's it's just like yes, absolutely a thousand, a thousand percent yes. Oh my gosh. Um I because then we get, you know, De La Lu and like we found out, we find out, uh, in I think we're stormy, like who De La yeah. Lu is, like the grandfather, all that stuff. Um, Castle, they're talking about Warner talks to Juliet about Castle and says that like Castle was not 
was not the right leader, right? Like they needed somebody. Castle was too soft. He was like including everybody. And no, like- absolutely. He wasn't the type of leader. He was trying to be too inclusive and making everybody happy. And Warner is like, that's not what it's going to take to run a freaking country or sector. Yeah, you need to make like the hard decisions. But then, but then it's like my my note here is like, but Juliet is the leader that we need. Are you like, are you shitting me? Which is what made me like this reread. I definitely picked up on asking myself that because again, like I, I was just like, you know, sometimes you just read things just to read them. Doesn't mean you're actually processing all the time. The second time when when Castle asks, she goes, I will take him down and then I will be the supreme commander. And Castle says, cool, cool. But how, how are you going to yeah, do that? How and what makes you what you're doing any different than what all these other people just did to assign themselves in their roles? Yeah. How like, and that I was like, ooh, Castle, you got a point. You got a point. Mm-hmm. But and, like Juliet, Juliet is just like so, I, but you know, we get that in the next book, but she's just like so underqualified, but it is what it is. But she won't freaking shut up about a mega point and she kind of like, just like bullies Warner into it. She's like, <laughs> he's like, fine, God, okay. <laughs> they like sneak her out. About like getting them to stay at his gym. Well, just like getting out to a mega oh, point out, in the okay, first place. Being like, okay. like, no, no, there's people out there. And he's like, there really fucking isn't. <laughs> and she's like, no, I promise there are. And he's like, but there isn't. There really fucking isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings her out there. And she's like, oh, there really oh, isn't. Oh, there really isn't. <laughs> and then it just so happens, like, Kenji's there because uh, he's invisible. But that girl has that man wrapped around, like, her little... P- she doesn't need to exert much effort no. for him to say Yes. <laughs> Like, even when they get some, like, you know, steamy, I say steamier in air quotes, scenes in Restore Me, he's like, oh, fuck, you're making this really okay. 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 (laughs) Um, So, wait, Kenji Kenji takes Juliet, like, back to Adam's, because they're staying at Adam's house. Yeah, they're um, staying at the, from that we know from book one where they had, you know, Adam and Juliet and his brother James, they had all, you know, met there. And so there were a hundred people at Omega Point, and now there's nine, just nine left. Everybody's dead. It's, um, I, I wrote down the names, but I didn't catch two of them. It's Girl, Lily Castle, Winston, James, Kenji, Guy, Adam, Guy, Brandon, and Winston, and Ian, I think. Oh, yeah, there's Ian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I tried. <laughs> but this, this whole fight situation, here, my note says Adam screams, um, and then he calls her insane, which is just like the lowest of low blows that you could possibly say to her. Um, and that's what get Kenji gets Kenji to yell at Adam. But I was just like flabbergasted. I'm glad that Kenji stepped in as much as he did with you know with Adam's low blows. Um, the I was happier when I thought you were dead. It was so much easier. I was like, ooh. Like, and then to get pissed, like, he's getting pissed about everything Juliet's doing, but has no right to be getting pissed about it. Yeah, absolutely none. Absolutely none. And he does, like, admit that later on, like, that he was the problem here. But, like, again, this is in front of, like, nine other people. Like, everyone can hear you. It's just, like... 
I like Adam is just a messy bitch that lives for drama and he just <laughs> cannot have a private fight. I swear to God. Well, and she Ugh. tries multiple times like hey let's just take this somewhere else and even when they do he needs to be raising his voice i don't know he adam is not somebody i would worry i would never think he would lay a hand on me granted he did with juliet where she was like get your fucking hand off me when he was grabbing her forearm but he strikes me as the person who i would be scared of in a fight in my room and would punch the wall that's like yeah. right next to your head like yep. that would terrify like he just this fight gave me a lot of that energy and i was like i don't feel safe yeah juliet might be stupid but i do not feel safe for her right now yeah and to know that he's like in charge of like his little brother and stuff it's just like ugh. Uh, my next note is juliet begs warner to save her friends and he puts them on base adam comes later and yells and yells and yells I will say, remember, she had that little tapper to be like, he's like, look, I, I got to get back and do my shit. Like, I have a whole sector to run. But here's like your in case of it's emergency. Like a pager, yeah. Yeah. And he was very much and she just like shut down when that when everything was happening with that. And she just like everyone's like, are you OK, Julia? And she's just like clicking the button. Yeah, like, like, I, he was there. He was like, what do you want? And it's that moment where everybody's like, what the hell are we watching? Like, he has emotions. He's not a robot. Like, what is happening? I know they said they're not dating, but I don't know. This is a little too intense to not be dating. This is a lot of feels going on. Um, But I love that moment. Not that she needed a savior, but she was just like, she, you know, she's still in that that interim of realizing she can be her own savior. And I really do appreciate where she's like, she knew to save herself, she needed a physical way to get out of there. And he was the only way. Yeah, yeah. And it did show everybody that there is this different side of Warner. And we 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 like that. We like that very much. At least I, mean, I do. Um, because then right after this, like he, Warner uh, breaks down at his mom's, right? Like his mom dies and like Kenji's out there and like he drops off Juliet and Kenji and he just like doesn't come back to pick them up and like, Juliet goes to look for them and like Kenji admits later that he saw them. Uh, very, very emotional. Uh, I, I just, I really love Warner and I love his, um, kind of growth as a character. And this is just from books, um, one through whatever this is up to this point. I haven't read the novellas. I will die on that hill. Um, I haven't read them, but, uh, when, Everybody gets to the training facility and Juliet does start like training and she starts like, you know, like doing rocks and everything. And it finally fucking occurs to her to just like turn off her power. Did she re- like, I-, I can't remember. Um, did she realize that she was able to turn it off before? No, no. I think it just like hit her. Like I thought it because I honestly thought it was just like, you know, like electricity, like a constant stream that's kind of all, always going through you. So that's why I could understand where she was like, wait a second. If Kenji can turn it on and off and if this person can turn like, who's to say I can't? And she didn't until she realized that Kenji could have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needed like a catalyst or whatever. Which is also another fucking shitty thing that I'm sorry, it was really aggressive. Adam did where he didn't know that she yeah. could turn it on and off to make Juliet touch Kenji. Like that was so fucking shitty. shit. Like like knowing what happened the last time he like got he touched Juliet with her power and that was completely accidental. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first and time it was accidental. Killed him. Yeah. Yeah. 
the first time was accidental. The second time it was Warner who was like, she was like, wait, I, I swear to God, I didn't touch him. Yeah, it was but Warner. But the first then, time it almost killed him. Yeah. Um, and then this that, time. Yeah. It was so Adam. Like, and Adam did it with like malicious intent. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. He like grabbed her and like, like it was a whole, ugh, he's just so Talks. I get that he apologized. I'm sure there's like Adam Ken apologists out there. There are. I went on Reddit. Of course. Like, uh, I, okay, he apologized. Okay, bye. On to the next. On to the next. He's just, he's just like the absolute worst. Um, but we can say on to the next. And in this book, we get the quote. We get the sexy time quote. We get the. Lift your hips for me, love. I have a hot take. Do you want to hear it? Of course. This is not the hottest of hot takes that I have. This is my Uh lukewarm take. Uh, I (laughs) I have a lukewarm take. Here's my lukewarm take. I don't like, I don't like love. Like as her nickname? Yep. Lift your hips for me, love. Come here, love. Love. What do you do? I hate it. It's very, I will say, it's very casual. I mean, we have a friend who like, sometimes you just like, thanks, love. Like, I say that to some of my friends when I'm, like, sending a DM or something. So, I get it. I don't think that that's a hot take. Like, I, there's better nicknames, but it's also, like... <sighs> here, Here's the thing. If... Because we read this in audio. And he right. has just, like, the straightest American accent here. Um, if... If... If he had an accent. If he had an accent. And... and it, Australian accent? Or anything. Ev- yeah. Anything where, where that kind of thing just rolls off the tongue. Right. Where it's kind of like yeah. like an afterthought kind of thing. Then I would be a thousand percent on board with it. But because it was presented to me as a straight white man in an American accent, I'm just like, I hate this. That makes sense. Does it? Damn. Yeah, but that makes sense. I feel like I wonder, you know, I saw somebody I many like maybe in 2020 say on a TikTok that when they read, not audio, when they physically read a book they imagine the male characters, um, like the ma- like the main male characters, with a ac- with an accent, usually like a British accent. So I thought that's. So I wonder how many people read. You know, I I've never read in an accent before. Maybe with the exception of Castile, and from Blood and Ash, because of Stina's accent that she's given him. Um, but I've never read anything in an accent, so I don't know if that maybe. Like, I, I understand the quote-unquote lukewarm take, but it, like, I don't know. It's I, don't, just, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Like, there are better, yeah. like, there are worse nicknames, and there are better nicknames, so. It's just one of those things, and he just constantly says it, so it's just like, uh It is like, I mean, if you control F, yeah. I'm sure you know, Yeah, all, like, uh, I don't know. Um, we're almost at the end of this book. Uh, Juliet gives her speech to the soldiers, you know, very, you know, woo, let's overthrow the government. Woo. Um, I, I do like how some of the soldiers were like, is this a fucking test? Like, are we supposed to? And one of them was like, yay, yay, we're all going to do it. And they were like, oh, whew, okay. Yay, we're all going to do it. Let's overthrow the government. <laughs> woo. <laughs> Uh, but like in of, fairness, they've been ruled by fear for how many years? So they could, you know, what's that other sound? It's like if you got problems and from on TikTok, and there was like, got them, catch these motherfuckers. Like yep, right they, they were easily in a. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Are we? Do we expose ourselves that we hate the regime? It's like, hmm. Uh, but they're going to war, and then Adam and Warner find out that they're brothers. 
Um, my notes on this, <laughs> my notes on this battle are very vague. It's, um, vo- uh, Juliet pushes soldiers off boat <laughs> with her magic power, her power. She's like, <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. Uh, and then my next thing is she's attacked. She is lost on a boat and doesn't understand how boats work. <laughs> hey. Um, then Juliet's like fighting and then she gets to the sound wave, the sound wave room. Yes. With the pulsing. It was like, with the pulsing. Yeah. It's like, wah, 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 wah. And Kenji's in there. He's trying to warn her. He's like, you know, invisible and like dying. Wah, 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 wah. Um, and then, and then Juliet like figures out what's going on and she, you know, rises up. I, I, I imagine if this were on screen, it would be a very powerful moment, right? She's like mm-hmm. rising up against the waves. He's like, shy, you know. Yeah. And, and then, um, and then she fucking shatters, shatters those, those ankles, man. Uh, mm. What, what I will say about this, where she like unalives, uh, you know, Paris, uh, I can't even think of his name. Not Anderson. Warner. Anderson. Thank you. Um, what I like about this is that it, I don't want to say feels full circle, but it definitely feels like start point end point um there's a part earlier in one in one of the two you know one of the books we read where everybody is i think it was at uh the fake omega point at at adam's house where everyone's like don't move warner if you move we're gonna shoot we're gonna do this blah 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 and aaron's like do it all y'all are all about talk well, quit talking and just do the action that you said you're going to do. If you want to threaten me, just follow through. No questions asked. And everyone's like, you know, hesitating. Now we have this with his father and Juliet's already like busted his kneecaps before. Here he is still alive because he shot her. Like she knows he's still alive. And so she's like out for retribution again. And then she was like, no questions asked. It was like, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, two right in the head. I appreciate that, right? Like, 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 there was no like, you need to do this. She's like, I'm, I'm done with no, these I'm fucking done with games. You. Yeah, go get die. my friend, get my friends. All like, all y'all are done. No, I, yep. I, I really appreciate it. I was like, finally done with the fucking talking. Yeah, and then she announces it, and like, she's the new supreme commander, and like, that's that's how that book ends. And then the the last book that we have here is Restore Me that came out in 2018. Uh, I like this book. We get Warner's POV, which I thought was very interesting. And in the audio, it is a male narrator. And the only note that I have for this says Juliet is supreme now. Oh, and just just massively <sighs> fucking it up at every single turn. And it's what just. What do you mean I have mail? I have to read it every day. Oh, Poor no. De La Lu is so stressed. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't want to like, you know, I know you're fucking my grandson, but like. What do you mean I have a bedroom? <laughs> but you have like a lot of correspondences, 3,333 people to answer to. And she's like, what? I can't just do training montages all the time yeah i can't just hang i can't just do morning walkies with my friend and then afternoon fuckies with my boyfriend like i can't just do that no you have to run a goddamn like, oh my god you wanted this now put the work in but like i do i do understand that she has <laughs> she has regrets right like she has regrets yeah. and she does vocalize her regrets i at least in her head to us the reader she vocalizes right. her regrets uh, I was not, was not ever, ever 
ever expecting this book to open up with Warner having to like shave his head and Kenji fucking up his hair. So here's my hot take. Ooh, I love another one. From this book on, I cannot stand Kenji. Okay. From, from Restore Me on. He has moments where he's fine. Fine. Very emotional moments, whatever. But like, I, I, I cannot. He is uh, from from restore me on. He becomes the densest, most oblivious, rudest. Yeah, they kind of dumped him down a lot, right? Yeah, like, and like rude, and and just like for example, I would have hit him in the dinner with Nazira and Hater talking about the headscarf. Like, oh. I, I, I like I understand what that is and what that scene is, what it represents. Like, I understand. But for but Kenji, Kenji as the character to 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 do all of that. It is just like, what happened to him? Right. <laughs> like, and, and I also understand that he's like dumb in love. I get that, too, because there's the parallel with Juliet being dumb in love. I understand that, too, but it's just and he like, makes the comment of, like, what I can't have happiness to, like, in yeah. this, like, moment of sincerity. But then how about when, like, when Aaron and Juliet had their umpteenth breakup in Restore Me, and he's actually having a panic attack where he needs his medication, and Kenji's like, what are you doing, bro? Why are you on the floor, bro? Why are you naked in a pile of crying? Are you crying? Why are there blankets on the floor? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you blind? Like, can you not see that this, like, I just, I just do not understand. And then, and then when he does, when he does understand what's happening, he's like, oh, uh, now it's weird. It's like, what the, what the hell? But he, he interrupts every pivotal moment and every pivotal conversation from here on. It, like, it, it's just... It doesn't... Did you finish the series? I can't remember. I went up to six. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I went up to six. So, like, it doesn't get any... Bad. Like, there's still things, like... I, I won't say it in this episode because, like, we're just, conf- you know keeping it within this these three books that we read um but it just continues like in 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 scenes where like i can see where aaron's like i'm gonna fucking kill him yeah i'm going to like i am trying to have important moments important conversations keep the lines of communication open because as you know like just life happens where like yeah you could say like oh there's never a good time but when you finally make that time to have those important conversations and he like just like kenjiing it up i understand to an extent where that maybe that's supposed to be comedic relief but reading it like in an audio version i i don't know if i would have felt different if i was reading a physical copy but hearing it i was like are you uh, are again 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 kenji again like it's just but okay if we pivot back to juliet Another example of why Juliet, I just cannot stand her, is when Castle is like, okay, you have an RSVP. Oceania is coming. All right, so tell me, what did that say? What was it? And she was like, oh, well, like, nothing, like, really. It was just like, 
super formal and like not signed or like literally anything and said like see you soon <laughs> like one if she's trying to like okay I, this is just like a general i don't know if it's a hot take i think it's a smart take if you're in a position of power and you don't necessarily have all the skill set you would think like let's let me have let's delegate a, a little bit for help yes let me have a sufficient cabinet who i can refer to to help me with certain situations erin even says well you're a little like an experience that doesn't mean you can't do it i just you need the right people and the right in the right expertise in the right areas. So if I got, I finally got an RSVP, I would have been like, even if I'm dumb, I would have been like, somebody finally RSVP'd and they would be like, Jess, no, calm down, calm down. But reading the note, they'd be like, see you soon. It's very surreal. It's very gossip girl. I'd be like, see me from where? Yeah, Who's what? hiding out? What? I would be on alert. That is not specific enough. It is very vague. Are they going to see me through a scope? Are they going to snipe me like i would be paranoid especially after learning that hater is like a sniper like like all of these things but like that goes to i think warner's povs and um we get his exploration of grief here we also get adams too uh but warner is like real fucked up about his dad being dead super fucked up about it and he doesn't talk to anybody about it because he's like ashamed. And to an extent, I understand that. But his blatant, willful ignorance to politics and like what Juliet could possibly could even in like the like the furthest reaches what she could possibly know. Right. He's like, oh, I bet she doesn't know she's got planes. Huh. I bet she's never been on a plane. But where were all these conversations at the beginning to be like, like, okay, look, I know we want morning walkies and afternoon fuckies, but like, here's kind of the lineup. I think about it like, even when I was a kid, and this is going to be so simple. After Halloween, I lined up all my candy. This is going to tell you how neurotic was. I knew I had like two Reese's. I had how many Starbursts, how many Twix, all my candy. It was accounted for. And my brother, because he was like, he's second, he's the second born. He knew. He's like, oh, you want my Twix? I know Twix are your favorite. So you're going to have to set like it was a whole supply and demand. But like before we even were allowed to eat candy, we had to allocate it out. We worked it out before. Like and that's like I would think again, that was on such a small scale. But I feel like taking over a sector, taking over not just a sector, the North American continent. You're not going to say, okay, let's you know, I get we have breakfast. She even she even makes a comment of Aaron doesn't really have breakfast. He kind of has breakfast with Dela Lu. He optimizes his time. So why are we not saying let's have one of those meetings? Aaron, you, me, and Dela Lu and Castle, the four of us will meet in the morning for breakfast. Let's see what we have. We have plans. We have this. We have that. We know we have ships because your dad was on a ship. Like why weren't those conversations happening? And not only why weren't they happening, why were they being withheld? Or was he just like, uh, you know, like just blind? Like is, was he just like blind to thinking that he had to share them because they were so second nature to him? I think so. I think, I think he's just deeply upset with his own grieving process that it just it's and it surprised him that these because it, it does tell us like a little bit later on in restore me he's like hmm, i should have told her hmm, i should have told her hmm. 
mm, I fucked up on that. She doesn't know how any of this works. Like we need to present a, like a front, like we have to be a certain way. Um, he does have those regrets later on when he kind of like snaps out of his grief. But I add, it's just like more of what did you expect? Why didn't anyone communicate properly? Where are the adults? And, and, but like Castle's there, but Castle's being so fucking cryptic. It's like he's not worth being there. And I understand he's like depressed and going through his own shit. Like I, I get that, but enough. But it's, a, it's, it's also like a mixed bag. And it kind of goes, also goes back to kind of like, I know that we have conversations where you have to make the allowances of mental health. And that's not what we're talking about. But we're also saying like in this, like, dystopian world where Kenji even says we kind of don't have the luxury uh, of time to process that because we are in survival mode 24 7 so castle also wants to have his two cents but not do anything about it too he's like what do you mean you don't know this or how about all the fucking information that he had about juliet yeah unloaded it on aaron and then he was like well, now that's on you. Yeah, you should you tell do her. It. Deal with you it. You had all this information. I mean, how Aaron approached it, I would have definitely done it a little bit different. Probably been like, hey, she was like, I don't, she's like, I don't know where to start. She's like, start from the beginning. Easy. She's like, you passed out. I was beside myself. Castle came to me and said, da 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 da. I said, huh? Huh? I and did the research. And Castle said, I did all this stuff. I, you know, all, what do you mean your father didn't tell you? You you are literally just as much of a victim as Juliet is in that moment. And he could have been like, I couldn't believe anything that he was saying because what do you, I was lost too. Went back in my father's, all his paperwork. Holy shit. I had to tell you because she should also be holding Castle accountable for all of that too. Because you're telling me she was at Omega Point this whole time and he's not divulging anything. No wonder Nazira was like, don't fucking listen to a goddamn word that anybody is saying right now. And what does Warner learn? Warner learns that Juliet has a sister, that he tortured that sister, uh, that Juliet's real parents are alive and that she was adopted. And that she was given to the reestablishment. The reestablishment is aware of people that have talents like hers. They call them unnaturals. They have the asylums, like, for that purpose. Um, it just, I, I just, I can excuse, I can excuse Aaron not telling Juliet a lot about a lot of stuff, but I cannot and will not excuse the symposium. What the fuck? Oh. What the 600 fuck? 600 people. Yeah. That's huge. All of the, everybody, everybody's going to be there. Yeah. And everybody's going to be like, you're going to expose everybody to that. Yeah. Like, and, and, and you're talking with your friend, Hater, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be there, right? And she's like, yeah, I'll totally be there. And he's like, it's in two days. She's like, fuck. Like, at, at that point, like, Whose responsibility is it to tell her things? Right. Well, that was, but that goes back to like, nothing was established in the beginning to be like, you, cause again, even with like the, oh, you read my messages, you read my correspondences. 
Who was the delegated person for that? Who was supposed to be reading the correspondences and then be the messenger to be like, hey, look, here's all the letters that we can't, we had come in. Like, here are the priorities that we need to focus on. The priorities that Kenji needs to focus on is not leaving Juliet alone uh, while she's on her, her little walk because she gets fucking shot a million times with poison. And I don't, I, is that ever addressed? That Kenji just like majorly fucked up there, or does she take yeah, all the blame on herself? She, I think he does it in the next book. Maybe it's admitted in like because there's a couple novellas after this where it's like almost like a strict uh, Kenji novella, mm-hmm. or, or even two. Um, there's one novella where I think it goes back between him and Nazira POVs. Um, but I think like he internally apologizes. I can't remember about like if it's actually in the actual novel um but i feel like he acknowledges it to to aaron no or she acknowledges it to warner to be like i'm so stupid like i should have known better she does she's like it's my fault i should have known better i didn't turn my powers back on i should have been more aware not that um like kenji should have stayed with us so that all the guards were still aware and like all of that stuff like i don't know it was just one of those i think everybody was kind of stupid also in that part because okay kenji kenji could have left and been like i'll leave you but turn your powers back on yeah that's also like not for like that's not that's not his yeah and and also like she is just as stupid to be like, you are in a position of power now so like what made you think that nobody was going to be after you Oh, but that that kind of just goes to, I think, though, my frustration that I voiced with Kenji, because uh, when he's talking to like Nazira and he's talking to Hater and he's talking to these like very important people and he's just like very casual and very blase with them. And it's like you are representing like, like, come on, you're not. And here's the thing. He's not stupid. Like he's been with Castle this whole time. He's been in leadership this whole time. And not that, like, I like to, because obviously age is different for everybody, but Castle makes it a point to say how Kenji is older than Aaron. Yeah. So, and like you said, like, he, like, Castle has always kind of taken Kenji under his wing, like, not only as a leader, but also as, like, a surrogate son. And Juliet has made a comment, I I think it was in book two, where she says, like, oh, I didn't realize how everybody views Kenji in this, like, leadership position. Like, they look to him. Like, he is in this position of power. I just thought he was my friend. Um, You see, like, the importance of that person. So, I just... Hmm. Like it's just part of those frustrations where you're like, for sometimes you can make a little make allowances, but sometimes you're like, wait, like there's just such a different, more efficient way that this could have been done too. Yes. Uh, I also am. uh, There, there is foreshadowing here. Of course, we'll just go ahead and, and say it. But Julia is very insecure in this book, and her insecurity it just like bleeds off the page. Right. Um. She is being pelted with, like, you don't know everything about your boyfriend. He has this whole secret, like, life you don't know about. And then it's like, you know, you speak how many languages. She just feels very um, not up to the task, which she's not. And it's just, like, emphasized. And she's like, I don't know about clothes. I don't like my hair. I'm in a pink sweater. They say that over and over again. She's in her pink sweater at dinner. I guess it's, like, her her casual wear outside yeah. of her, like, her superheroes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, uh, and then we have Nazira. And she says it's, like, her first time, like, having, like, a girl, like, 
friend, which is tragic. Of course, at the end, we realize they've been friends like their whole life because we see the pictures. But uh, I love Nazira. I love her introduction. I love how like Warner sees her and describes her. Uh, I like how she has her powers and she is just like using them and she's trying. It is very clear that Nazira knows so much more than Juliet and also more than Warner at this point. And she's trying very hard to keep it all like she like she clearly I mean, we know that from the foreshadowing and we won't go into the other books right now, Um, but she's clearly more attuned to things than other because obviously like Aaron didn't know certain things. We already have a, a small fraction of Castle sharing with Warner um about how um how Juliet's memory was constantly erased and like switched out with false memories. So like her mind has been fucked with like since she was five basically. Um but even like her she admired Nazira since she first met her, not in an intimidated way, but you can tell she was like what it would have been like to have a, a strong female presence in my life because it wasn't going to be my piece of shit biological parents or my adoptive parents. Something else that really, really got to me was that it is stated very clearly that from the point that Juliet wakes up after being shot, she has brain damage. She is having hallucinations, right? Like the sun is not in that room uh, when she wakes up. It's just like blindingly bright. And the girls, the healing girls, I forget their names right now. The girls, they say that everyone calls them the girls, uh, tell her like, yo, you really shouldn't get up. You need to like stay we need to monitor you like things are not quite right and Juliet's like yeah peace no I'm gonna I'm I'm leaving you know these hallucinations they'll, they'll go away right they'll go away it's fine it's fine it's fine um I I understand denial right I understand denial denial is great it's fine it is a way of life but uh at that point like who steps in do you know what i mean like but nobody feels like they did that like it was always like oh it's just Juliet's world we're just living in it checks and balances right like when your leader starts acting insane i don't disagree with you <laughs> but the way that they but the way everybody like dances around Juliet yeah. and what Juliet says goes like that's that's literally Juliet every time Juliet said something it wasn't initially like okay Juliet says jump they say how high but you know Juliet wanted to go see Omega Point Warner was like no 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 what do they do they go see Omega Point Juliet wants to go check on Warner in the house Kendry says no 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 and then she checks on him in the house Juliet every time and time again like who's who's checking her Nobody, nobody. And they're all kind of afraid of her, which, you know, at the end, um, I find very funny. But uh, Jess, tell me, tell me about this. We're up to the G.I. Jane. <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me about I totally Jane. forgot. <laughs> I texted you about it. I, you know, she's drunk and she's just like, fuck all this. I broke up with my boyfriend and I miss my boyfriend. And, and I, I moved into his dad's room. <laughs> fucking weird i would have been like you know what i'm staying in your room yeah you can take over that i'm not making don't make it harder on me um even though she's again like she's acting out i do think she's lashing out to the person who's closest to her um which is you know she's aaron and so he's just kind of just he's in a shitty position like i i 
I make allowances for everything. Like, I wouldn't have lashed out on him. Uh, maybe, like, emotionally, I'd be like, oh, fuck you. This is all your fault. And then I'm like, look, we're not breaking up. <laughs> like, it's just me, like, taking in a lot at once right now. Um, and she gets drunk, and she's like, fuck this hair. And she just starts shaving it after she drank, like, what does Aaron say? Her body weight in whiskey. And she's yeah, like never four had fingers of whiskey. Which, and she's never touched alcohol her entire life. And she's having all, like, these, she's like, I've never, you know, had a typical co- uh, teenage experience. I'm going to drink, and I'm going to shave my head. And I sent you the G.I. Jane chip. Um, I was just like, oh, my God, I totally forgot she did that. Yeah, and then and it's like, a whole I, moment. I, yeah, and Kenji's like, both Kenji and Aaron are like, ah, looks great, looks great, I, good for you. But from a practicality standpoint, great, it's not great. anyway, it's not, it's, you know, it, it's like when Moana ties her hair up, it's like, yeah. oh, get the shit out of the way. She doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And we, the reader, don't have to worry about her bitching about it anymore. So that's excellent, too, because she actually likes how she looks. This is her, like, transformational moment. She likes how she looks in the mirror, her eyes, like, right? There's, like, a big focus on her eyes. And Aaron, I like his POV. He's, like, um, she's always been beautiful. But now she's, like, stunning. Now now I'm struck speechless. Just, like, all the lovely things we love men to say about us. Uh, Warner and Kenji have kind of bonded now that she's no longer, like, forcing them to be friends. Love that. Uh, I need to talk about the I am not insane chapter. Oh, where she, yeah, the, the, it was just as intense as the Jude chapter. It was. I feel like much longer. (laughs) It felt like forever. Um, so it's just a Juliet chapter and, and throughout, um, I think Restore Me, throughout this book in particular, we have a lot of excerpts of Juliet's journals from the asylum, a lot of chapters of just old entries that we read in Chatter Me 1. Uh, we're reading them again now, and that's that's kind of interesting, but we get a whole fucking chapter of I Am Not Insane, and, and you know, props to the voice actor here because she nailed it. <laughs> she nailed it. Shade. And you can tell, like, in that moment, um, and, and this series has the same narrator, um, for, um, for Juliet's portion of it. And obviously it switched into a dual POV for Restore Me, um, has the same narrator the whole time. So, like, you've learned to, like, okay, this is Juliet's voice. And this, I mean, you can hear the despair in that journal entry of her trying to remind herself as she's in the asylum. I'm not insane. There's no reason for me to be here because I can only imagine the thoughts that, or, you know, anybody who is in that situation to be like, this isn't me. I'm being here against my will. I have, I'm really like trying to stay grounded through that whole situation. Yeah, it is. It is quite something. The voice acting, incredible. Um, It does. There are a couple of 15 second skips, though, to get through that. If you, um, <laughs> you know, are interested, uh, all the Supreme kids show up. It's the day of the symposium. Julia's hungover or whatever. Uh, she's like kind of like badass when she gets in there, right? She's like telling people what to do. She's finally asserting herself and showing Kenji specifically, um, how she wants to be like treated in front of people and like how to act and how to address her. And like, it's just not, and she does that by just like not engaging, which I appreciate. Um, but then we're up to the speech. What the fuck is this? The first time, okay, the first time I read this, I was shook to my core, shook to my, shook to my core at the level of violence, right? 
um, I, no spoilers for this, for what happens later on, but like even the second time knowing it was coming when she like starts screaming, I was just like, damn. The reread, I like, I knew it was coming because obviously this is the second time we've read it. But it, like, and I mean that in the sense of, you know, sometimes you could reread and oh you forget, God, I yeah. forgot that happens. Yeah. No, I knew that this was a pivotal point. I mean, it's how the book ends more or less. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was like, I knew it was coming. I remember the descriptions, but hearing it, I was like, oh, why, why does this feel more, you know, to what you said, like, it feels more graphic than I remember. Yeah. And because there are descriptions of like, she's like flayed them open and it's like split open and the blood is like pooling in uh, to all of those people, 554, like 600 some people, uh, just absolutely, absolutely crazy. Uh, very, very interesting. I, I do like the imagery of before she starts screaming where she, someone starts shooting at her and she just like starts peeling like bullets off of her. Oh, you know, that would be yeah. so good on screen. So good on screen. But then she just like starts yelling and like, then she just like starts screaming. Um, she is fucking captured again, as you do, Juliet, as you do. Uh, and girl can't learn. She can't learn. She can't learn. Um, but she does see like all her friends go down too, right? Like some of them get shot. Some of them are captured. Yeah. There was no, like, there was no, no one was safe. And yeah, there. no one was safe. Uh, and then we have a cut and, uh, the very end of the book, Juliet wakes up in New Zealand with her mom. Uh, which was her biological her mom. biological mom, who is the supreme commander of Oceania, and she wakes up in her old like childhood bedroom, and she's cuffed, so her powers are off, and uh, she sees all these Polaroids, and she finds out that she had her sister and Nazira and Warner. She knew Warner as a child. I'd like to see that picture because I bet he's like looking at her like longingly as she eats cake, and she's just focused on cake because you know fair. Uh, and then she pa- passes up. Like that picture, you know, and now that we could say that we've gotten to the end of this book, that picture, you know, that he has not just like been in love with her the second that like he came in contact with her, um, you know, in the reestablishment, but um, his whole life, his whole life. Oh, my gosh. And that is the end of that like book. She like passes out um cuz these end kind of like on cliffhanger so you go right into the next one um to answer the question at the beginning of the pod this one is my favorite out of the 3 that I we read I figured like yeah, yeah I was going to like I bet you it's restore me even though you had like some like like frustrating issue <laughs> yeah because the plot was moving along we have reveals we have action we have things happening we have massive violence at the end but a massive plot movement it just felt like, and there's, there's, I feel like it was also more politic heavy. Like yeah. each book has, and I will say there, even though we've, you know, you said like, oh, if I read these books when I thought that they had come out, but there's something to be said because they also uh, end on cliffhangers that you could just keep going right into them, which is really nice now. Which brings me um, to, to, something that Jess and I were talking about before we started recording, I was saying, like, why am I like this? Why do I want, <laughs> like, um, first edition, like, signed copies of these? Because I don't love this series. Um, but I discovered uh, during during that conversation, and I wrote it down, uh, I like this series because I like the potential that I see there. Um, I I can see where you 
could like flush it out and really have something wonderful. And that is me saying that not reading the novellas just because like, yeah, I, I need to be convinced. I need to be convinced. But you've read. OK, so you've read the series, more or less, not mm-hmm. including the novellas, um, which was the first, because usually we usually yeah. say, like, if, it, which read, if, it, if read the author, all. yeah, if the author writes it, we should read it. Do you feel that up until this point that you're lost? Do you feel like, no, I, I don't need, I, I'm not trying no. to convince you to read the novellas. I feel like, can, do you still understand everything? Because some of the novellas, like the Kenji one, like, I enjoyed reading it because I remember I was like, oh, I, I again, remember, I was like, Kenji is you know, Cassian in high school kind of thing. So I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm getting more AU Cassian. I read a lot of this as like a Akatar fanfic. And I, maybe that wasn't the intention of the writer. I'm sure it wasn't. But where I was at my fantasy journey is how I kind of approached everything. Uh, no, I'm not lost. Like Kenji has a tragic backstory. You know, I learned all about that because he told Juliet about it because Juliet wouldn't know about it. Unless they had that conversation. Um, So I, and, and honestly, I am just not interested in any, in any like flushed out version because I'm so frustrated with him, specifically just Kenji, um, specifically. Um, But the other stuff, no, I'm not, I'm not really lost. And I don't think they add, like, I can't sit here and say, if you read the novellas, you'd be less frustrated. No. Because honestly, the last novella I read, I was going to like, I, I want to strangle him a lot of the times. Um, but I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you, fu-? I, I mean, every single time something happens, I am like, how has Warner not beat your ass yet? Like, to, like, just shut up. Just let me unalive you. Get out of my life. Like, I, he is a, once again, better person than I am. Cause I would have snapped at some point. Yeah. I would have snapped at some point. It it is it is quite something. It is quite something. So no, I'm not lost. Yes, I understand the plot. Uh, it, you know, it is it is what it is. Maybe one day, uh, I no, I'll save that because no spoilers. We're only into <laughs> we're only into three and four. I'll talk about five and six. Uh, you know, whenever we cover five and six, but uh, I enjoy these. These are fun. This is not something that I would read again for pleasure because there's no pleasure to be had here. It's just a fun running, you know, story on cliffhangers with a frustrating female MC. Um, but it is. Could you see it be made like to the screen? Yeah, but I don't. Y- yes. Yes. But I can only see it, it, it as like divergent. With like the suits and the, the, I don't, I don't know. That is. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's the imagery that I have with the suits. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. This is actually not something that I would like to see on screen. <laughs> I feel like there's so many other things. Um, oh, so many other So many other things. But that things. doesn't mean that I, but you know, there, there are certain things that get picked up on screen and you're like, you picked that over this. So yeah. If this were on like, Oh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it back. I'm gonna throw it back. I'm gonna throw it back. If this were on, say, ABC Family. Oh! Do you know what like I'm saying? Free, yeah, I can't even say freeform because I f- feel like freeform has shifted their demographic a little bit, audience. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, I totally could see the, the ABC Family. Some, something yeah. along, something along Cause that. Cause it also feels like you could have, you could make it like a family. Yeah, and it's skewed young. So yeah. 
you know, and maybe just like cut down on the graphic, surprising violence that's in there, uh, which strangely. wouldn't be on TV anyway. Yeah, so unless like, it was like a certain like you know a paid network kind of thing, but that's not what this is what we're talking about. So. Yeah. So I have to say thank you very much, Jess, for introducing me to these. I never would have read these. Never, ever, ever would have read these. Um, but I am so excited to talk about them with you, and I am so excited to finish this journey. And I really love tackling like the meat of this story right here. Very fun. And thanks to the listeners for suggesting that we cover it in the podcast, too. There's so much, so many books out there and so much content that sometimes we're like, wait, 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 which way and direction do we lean? Because not everything, obviously, like we read so much and we also read different books from each other. So it's always nice to be like, wait, do we cover this? Do we not? And then when we hear from you all uh, saying like, wait, maybe you should cover. Have you considered covering it yet? And we're like, we actually were talking about that. So thank you for that also. Um, but always feel free to follow us and reach out to us on Instagram, Akafi podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you feel so kind to leave us some positive five-star reviews on your listening platforms, we'd be so ever grateful. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.